Hello and welcome to the campaigns. This is our Fate Accelerated Playtest Actual Play Podcast, episode number two, Chant Harder. This episode will continue where the PCs left off last time. Uh, they had just entered into the cave and had a fight with a wizard, and then they were about to make their way deeper into this cave or, or mine looking for Doria, who uh, is a friend of theirs that has gone missing. So just as a brief reminder, this was a session that was not really supposed to happen. Our regular game was canceled, and Travis and Nico were the only two that were able to show up. So we just decided to play around with Fate a little bit more, since we still like the system. And uh, I had just played a game not too long ago online with uh, some buddies of mine, and I got a better feel for it. So I was up for trying to run it again. Now, we used a module called Kyber's Harvest, which is an introductory Eberron module for 4th edition, just because I wanted to have some sort of coherent story to, to push them through. I had just read over the module one time. There's, I'm sure there's a ton of mistakes that I made in how I was running the game. So if you're a hardcore Fate or Fate Accelerated fanatic, I know that I messed up. I'm trying to get better, uh, so please bear with me on that and, and be um, understanding. But at the end of the day, we had fun, and that's kind of our motto, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. So here you go. So here you go. Here is our Campaigns Fate Accelerated Playtest Actual Play Podcast, episode number two, Chant Harder. Please stick around after for two brief discussions as sort of a recap of uh, how the game went and sort of feedback from the players. So you're going to go further into the cavern? Yeah, we can't tell if there's blood anymore, right? No, no. The blood trail actually ended quite a while ago. You were just following But it was, fall, it was on the spot, right? Yes. So logically. I mean, yeah. if the blood goes in this cave and then these orcs attack us. I mean, the the orcs in the village didn't like us, but they didn't draw swords against us. Do I think, does, does Doria's house have good visibility of this area? Or close you would to have uh, visibility of the trail. I think Doria knew something was going on because she saw them. I, I believe we're on the right path. I'm also worried about this whole harvest stuff that that guy was talking about. I know, those apples taste like shit. <laughs> I think we need to go further down and see what happens. They probably have treasure. I'm sure of it. I shall lead the way for Doria. I think I should be ahead of you. Yeah. I think that'll make more sense. Cause you're. I say that as I turn and like I get stuck on like a huge <laughs> stone in my shoulder. Like I'll lead the way. Oh shit! <laughs> and since you're in front, he pretty much can't get around you. <laughs> so by default, unless he murders you, you're in front. I will walk ahead of, of right. him. So the cat parkouring, like spiraling down this <laughs> like, like Sonic the Hedgehog. The like, <laughs> the, the cavern ahead is dry and musty, the floors worn smooth by generations of passing footsteps. As you get a little bit deeper, in, and it still is just barely big enough for Rocky to fit into, it's, it's a tight fit. 
Your footsteps are faint echoes as you descend deeper and deeper. Suddenly, an eerie crimson glow arises from the passage ahead. The walls of the cavern are covered with lines of red light, scrawls and scribbles painted in what looks like glowing blood. The symbols resemble some sort of writing, but although this is no language you know, the text is infuriatingly familiar. Suddenly, you realize that the symbols are moving, crawling slowly across the walls and floor. Whether you stare or avert your eyes, you are overcome with the feeling that you might be able to force the wall to reveal its secrets to you if only you put your mind to it. Oh, I will forcefully put my mind <laughs> to it. <laughs> Come here, Tex. <laughs> Don't you run from me. You know what I just, you real- tell me your you know what I just realized? You're always typing cop locks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocky always has caps locks on. <laughs> Can I forcefully reason with this text on the wall? It would be more of a will. So it's going to be... Forcefully for- will it? Forcefully will. <laughs> okay. That works. Uh, negative one, so two. Two. Total. Okay. You feel like an energy backlash as you try to force the words to fit your pattern. Mm-hmm. It does not do so, and it actually, you take two stress. You have a massive headache. Are you serious? <laughs> Can I rest? Yeah. <laughs> So can I stress go away? Yes. Okay. But you cannot try again. Son of a bitch. I'm going to just punch the wall. <laughs> not, not expecting anything. But just out of like, I, I thought that was going to work and it didn't. And now I'm angry at the wall because it's its fault. Okay. I'm just going to punch and leave like a nice little fist mark in the okay. wall. Uh, be quiet. What are you doing? Goddamn wall. Doesn't want to reveal its secrets. Um, Continuing on. I'll try reading the wall. Okay. So, again, it is a, uh, well, it's will, but you can do it quickly or carefully. Quickly. Quickly. Three. Three. Okay, you take one stress as you two feel this energy backlash. So, it's like it's like the words start can to. Can I use a f- thing? So, it's like the words start to coalesce together in a pattern you recognize, and then they flare out. But in, this, but in a superb amount of will, you force them back okay. in line. That's what I was gonna. Uh, yeah, I was gonna do role play that. Okay. I was gonna be like, I, I, I can't understand it, and I feel like getting a little bit woozy, and I'm like, must persist. All right. So basically, what you realize is that it is an endless scrawl of names, each capturing not just the identity but also the spiritual essence of the creature. These are the souls of long dead cultists trapped here by the foul rites of whatever this harvest is. Do I see Doria anywhere? No. It, this is just along the walls of a cavern that continues. No, so it doesn't say. Oh Doria. no, you do not see Dor- Doria's name either. Okay. Okay. So both of you, well, actually, he he used a fate point, so he was able to succeed, and he learned that the the words on the wall were names, and okay. the names were not just the names, but they also were like the essence, and he got the feeling that these were people that had died here in the past. So I, and I, I, I Doria's name was not in it. Yes. I couldn't forcefully reason myself with the wall. They they just wouldn't listen with right, me. Yeah, you do not have the mental <laughs> fortitude to make it work. So as you continue <laughs> along this passage with the red glowing words, it eventually opens up into now this is like uh, an underground structure. So where before this was like work, like, you know, chiseled stone, now you've kind of opened up and it's got a much higher ceiling, 
the walls are much wider. It's more like a passageway in an underground Dwarfen Citadel or or basement type of thing. So, so I have an easier time. Yes. Getting. Yes. Okay. Um, so you continue on for like another 40, 50 feet, and then it, it opens up to the right, and then now it's like this sort of large angled chamber. So imagine you're coming down, you turn right, and it opens up like a 45 degree angle, and then there's a there's a room here. I don't, I don't know if I'm describing it very well. And then the passageway goes back up, so you're eventually going to be going the way you were going back the way you came, but it's continually getting deeper each time. So you're you're going down. It's like a staircase, but it's it's more. It's not a staircase. It's just uh, a de decline. Right, so but it's it's like how staircases you can go like on the side of a building that you go. Yeah, very similar, to that, except it's it's wider, and in that area, so in the area that sort of catty corner open area, there's a passageway that goes off. And very clearly on the floor in front of that passage is like a glyph, some sort of magical glowing writing. But you can see something shiny down that passageway. It's, it's pretty narrow, but there's definitely something in an alcove in there. And you really want to get in there. I got, I got two questions. Sorry, before we continue. <laughs> uh -huh. I got all, all right. excited. <laughs> so we, the, there's glowing red light that illuminates our path yeah. which is how we know where we're going mm -hmm. and navigating this because we don't have any torches or anything right. at this point when you get into this room there's actually torches on the wall okay so you can see now now during our entire time traveling this path do i notice any more signs of blood which led us to this cave from doria no actually the blood trail stopped before you even got to the cave but, uh -huh. was but the you were already path. on the trail so you just kind of continued to follow yeah. it and that's when you ran into the orcs i just didn't know if we saw any more signs of blood or no. the fact okay. that there's uh Demonic evil wizards in this cave is probably a good sign. <laughs> this is where she went. No, I, I get that. I just, I, I don't know. I you figure just, since we're on a blood trail, right? No, I understand. And it just suddenly ended. Yeah, I think you see. I think you said it when you were getting a drink. That's why you didn't hear it before. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. What's your second question? That that was the yeah. two questions. Right. So your shiny inquisitive yeah, nature, you cannot yeah, yeah. not check out this alcove. I gladly accept. Okay. I'm going to say, Rocky, we definitely need to go this way. You really don't even need to convince me because I'm in second right now, and I'm just following you. Well, once you get into this area, it opens up enough that you guys don't necessarily have to. Well. What are you drawing, a penis? It looks a lot like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you see. Dick. It looks a lot like a dick. So, so wait, is the shiny thing on the, on the tip of the dick or something yeah. else? <laughs> it's a dick. So, this is the way you guys are coming. Oh, and then you add a ball. Yeah, nice. You guys are coming down. Yep. You turn, and then it opens up in this area. <laughs> right here is the glyph. The, the balls. The, the balls, balls is the glyph. This is a short passageway <laughs> into a round head-like chamber, and you see that there's, like, tables and stuff back here. Is there, is there a waterfall spurting out of <laughs> the no. And then the, the actual passage or tunnel continues on that way. Right, okay. So you don't have to go into the oh, no. alcohol, but again... I your nature, you, you don't understand. To. Okay, we have to go that way. I mean, following him, I feel this shiny object that he sees. I feel that I don't see, but strategically, well, no, you would see it as well. Okay, well, strategically, from a military mind, either way, I know we're stronger in numbers. Okay, and no soldier left behind. <laughs> I consider you a soldier regardless if you are not. So I will follow you because I, I mean, there's no reason not to. I, I, the other I, thing I will also tell you because they're really. 
I, I don't know how you would do a perception check in this game. I think it's more like you just kind of know things unless you're actively looking. Careful. But like, like just a, do a straight roll. But like a listening check. So I'm just going to tell you, uh, you start to hear um, like murmurs, like chanting. So you hear just like a low sort of chant that's it's echoing down the from cable. The dick part it is not about. coming from the dick part. It's coming from the other shaft. <laughs> okay. Um, who, who would you say heard this first? Uh, probably him because he's in front. But okay. he's he's distracted by the shining, so he may not be paying attention. So you probably recognized it for what it was first. Where for him, it was just white noise. Okay. Well, I would. I wouldn't stop him, but I just. I just want to say, Poncho, hey, I hear some chanting. But yeah, your noble nature, you think maybe you should hurry up and possibly save Doria rather than mess with this silly <laughs> so little you're saying alcove. go left to save Doria or go... Yeah, this is what it actually looks like. Juan, <laughs> it, it moved. Get, look at your oh. iPad. Okay. Somebody drew a dick on your iPad. <laughs> yeah. It looks a little less dickish in their version, but still dick-like. Um, so you think... If you would like to accept this pay point, that you should hurry up and not mess with this silly alcove. Okay, so the alcove is something shiny, cause eye, and yeah. then the left path is the chanting, the chanting of where I think Doria is being sacrificed. Possibly, yes. Or be harm is becoming yes. of her. Okay. I'm looking at the magical glyph, but I'm not touching it. Pancho, I, I believe this is not the correct way, and I hear. Voices coming from this direction, mm-hmm. and I fear for Doria's life right now. Mm-hmm. I think we need to go help her. And if there is, if there is some value in this quest, we can come back for it later. But right now, the true value is Doria's life. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the magical symbol. Do I think it's a trap? Uh, yes, and you do not have any sort of magical ability, so you know you can't disarm it. It would be a matter of can you? I take a rock. Bypass it. Throw the magical symbol. It nothing happens. Can I can Rocky. I strong arm Poncho to like come along my path you or can at try. least attempt to? He he can defend it, but you can certainly try. All right, this is not like an attack of any sort. It's more of like a kind of push. So I'd say a forceful athletic. Okay, yeah, because it's not a combat by any means. Yeah. So forceful athletic, because I'm trying to say that Doria's life is the true prize, and we can come back for second place to. The whatever shiny object attracted you this time. So you would roll a defend. Quickly and athletically try to not let him Ooh, grab me. Okay. You you probably succeed. I'm at negative one. <laughs> With uh, pluses. I am at, at zero. Haha, uh, <laughs> sucker. I I was at negative one with a plus two to forceful. Okay, so you can I suckily manage to <laughs> Can I add a plus two? You need a plus two or you Don't can waste your the fate whole point to grab me, seriously? Well, I got a fate point for getting this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, in my character, I'd feel it'd be worth it. How bad did you roll? I rolled a negative one. So on the die, you had one oh, negative Oh, no, he had one. three. You want me my one to re-roll. So well, I had negative three and then a plus two. So it'd probably better just to re-roll the whole thing. Well... And hope that you get a much higher number. Or a zero, which would give you a two. Which would Honestly, yeah. I really don't care if you come along with me. That's no, me, Travis, the character, talking. But as my character in the game, Rocky, he would feel obligated to that's have important. you come. No, I understand. Same which is why the fate point is being spent. Okay. So much, much better a uh, four. Okay. So unless you would like to use a fate point, he's going to succeed at pushing you away from the shiny object and down the next hallway. 
No, no, no. We need to. We need. We need to. We need to get it. It's, it's probably going to be important. We can come back for it. It's probably going to help us defeat those evil wizards. Downstairs. Shiny objects will always remain, but somebody's That's not true. Somebody's life could become extinguished by the time we wait for it. No, there's always enough time. In the mean, well, that's all I'm going to say. In the meantime, I'm grabbing. <laughs> yeah, the I, I'm, I'm still trying to resist it, but <laughs> okay. I can't. Um, no, but. What if someone steals it in the confusion of all of this? Or, or the Grand Wizard takes it away? What happens if she dies? There's no coming back. If a Grand Wizard takes it, we can take it back from the Grand Wizard. If somebody takes her life, there's no taking it back. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You have no words. Let's just go. <laughs> I'm just no. forcing you. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm still like arguing, but I start arguing like in a lower voice because I don't want us to get caught. Okay. No, but seriously, can you promise me that we're going to go back. I, I told you, we'll go back. But this is more important right as of now because uh, you can't know. recover somebody's life who has been taken. Well, maybe you can. But you can recover an artifact that has been taken. We'll come back regardless. Yeah, okay, I do a lot of recoveries. <laughs> I know, that's your specialty. Practice that's okay. recoveries. So you managed to push Birdman further down the hallway. Um, after about 30, 40 feet down this next hallway, which again is continuing to kind of slope downward, it it goes back out of that workstone and back into more like a natural, not a natural cave, but like a tool worked mine rather than a chamber. Um, you follow it for another 20, 30 feet. It twists and turns a little bit back down to where you're barely fitting through. The chanting is growing louder and louder. And finally, you sort of turn a corner and you can see into a large natural chamber. It's like 30, 40 feet high. The, the floor actually drops down so there's like a five foot drop there's a is like there a, a lava down there there's no lava there's like God a stone it. stairs and it opens up so it's it's quite wide and on the far side of you it's not directly across from you it's more like you know like a 30 degree angle off from from you but on the far side there is um there's like a little alcove that's been dug out there is a altar there there's a priest like one of the guys you fought before in, in a robe and behind him there's a giant eyeball that looks like it's just floating does it have tentacles it does not have tentacles it's not a beholder it looks like just a lidless eye okay not like sauron like flames but literally it looks yeah. like a giant eyeball floating there and it's like looking back and forth around it doesn't have a lot of mobility but it, it's enough that it can see this entire room Below the altar, there are a bunch of orcs that are, they have their shirts off, they're down, they're like subjugated and like sort of like bowing to it. And you can see the ones that are closer to you have those eyeball tattoos, but now that they're actually like open, so like they have like actual eyeballs embedded in their flesh and it's looking around. I really hope that these these orcs on the ground floor that are bowing they have some black root apples in front of them <laughs> <laughs> that they're that they have sacrificed as the harvest <laughs> to whatever they are bowing to. No, you do not see any. You don't see Aww. any peasants. You don't see Doria. I was saying black root apples. You don't see any black root apples, but to the far right, your far right, the bottom of this opening, there is. It just looks like a carving of a door. So it's not actually a door, but okay. it's like someone carved in the stone a door. And as the chanting grows, you see there's like like a white light starts at the bottom. Oh, of this sort of immediate interrupt. Starts to go up as if this 
carved door starts to actually open. As I magically open. Correct. Okay. Immediate interrupt. All right, so they are unaware of your presence, so you can act first. What would you like to do? How many of them are there? Uh, there's one, two, three, four. There's eight of these people that are shirtless on the ground, and then there's the guy up on the altar. So there's nine And you total. said those guys have real eyes on their bodies. It, look, it looks just like the tattoos you saw earlier, but now they're moving around and looking like a true eyeball. So you don't know if it's a magical effect, if it's something to do with this cult worship that's going on. But yeah, so basically there's like 14 dozen eyeballs looking towards your direction. If they are truly eyeballs, as soon as you move, they're going to see you. I don't want to fight this guy's. You know my approach. (laughs) (laughs) But we, the big thing is, is that we don't see Doria and I'm respectful of all religions, even the the ones that want to be crazy about it. Oh, I know exactly what I would do. I'll be like, Rocky, since Doria's not here, I think we should go back and get the treasure. And I'll start heading back. Can can I wait for five minutes to see if Doria shows up? Because honestly, if Doria's not there, I don't care what these demonic worshipping bastards do. Because I'm respectful of their their religion. (laughs) And honestly, we're here for Doria, not saving the world. Okay. Unless there's a time machine. (laughs) There is no time machine. So you're going to go back down towards the shiny. Yes. And you're going to stay there and watch. I want to convince you just to wait five more minutes to see if we can see Doria. Because I'm sure there's a big group of these guys. There's nine of them that you can see in this. All right. And I'm going to convince him that, it's a, that that is a big group. Just say, hey, just look real quick through the crowd. See if Doria's here. She's not here. Just give it two minutes. You can... You what can... if something horrible comes out of that door? Well, if it's Doria, then we'll save her. If not, then it's not our problem. Maybe then it's too late. Too late for your shiny thing? We'll beat, we'll beat it to the shiny thing. Just give it two minutes to see if we can see Doria, because she's the one we came here to rescue. So you're going to wait a couple minutes as the chanting grows more fervently. The man on the altar just gets more and more agitated and more animated. And that light that had went from the, the bottom to the top of that carved door starts to widen as the, the cave itself opens up magically. And there is a hallway or passageway that's revealed below there but there's this awful sort of purple light that fills the cavern from below and it's very swirly and there's just a stench that rolls out of death and decay out of this cave that just fills this entire chamber now that this passage to wherever this goes has been opened up the the floor or the ceiling is just natural cavern so there's like a few small stalactites but not nothing long and it's just natural rocky cavern Nothing that I can use to impale everybody beneath, underneath. No. And I don't see Doria, do I? You do not. Sure. I'm I want. Sure. Okay. Okay. Do you, does it feel like this is like evil for the village, which are a bunch of dicks, so we don't care, or does it seem like it's like globally evil for the world? Do you imagine? Will that there be less shiny things in the world? Is you you imagine that there will be fewer shiny things in the world if whatever nefarious plot they have is allowed to continue. I. I'm going to turn to Poncho, and just be like, Poncho, I don't see Doria, and 
I don't know where she's at, but she's obviously not in this cave. So, if you want to go and search for that shiny object you were looking at earlier, I, let's let's just go explore it. Because I'm true to my word, by the way. <laughs> that could be another aspect that you could add. Is that uh, yeah, I would add true that to my word. Because you, you've been playing your character a lot like that. I think it'll make sense. I, I think that that fits well. Um, I'll say I think we need to do something about this because. I think this will affect more than a bunch of dicks in the village. You mean the one back there in the cave? <laughs> <laughs> There's one big giant <laughs> cock that we walked through. Bye. 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 That is very dick-like. The more I look at it, it definitely dick-like. I mean, I, I have no problem with dis stopping evil. However, I don't see Dorio, who we came here to save. I, but, I mean, like I said, I have no problem with stopping evil. In its tracks. I want to uh, take my sling out and just like twirl it and try to hit the big eye. Okay, the big eye? Yes. Okay. While he's doing that, I want to do my best to not be noticed. Okay, so you're going to be a big pile of rocks and use your camouflage ability? More or less. I don't really have that as a stunt, but I'm just going to kind of hang back against the wall. If he wants to attack first, I know it's not my opportune time, so I will hang back and probably try to get a little closer before I make my presence known. Okay. So I'll use my slingshot to hit the big eye straight on the okay. eye. So that would be a... Uh, sneaky... I'm, I'm going to say a sneaky combat. Can be athletics because I'm throwing something. <laughs> they just have lances or something. It's like, like throwing like a spear. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's a combat because you're attacking. Yeah, I'd say it's sneaky combat. Oh. Reroll. Hopefully you roll better than that. Yeah. Okay. Two, four. That's not bad. Four. All right. Um, so you, your stone goes flying straight across. Hits the eyeball dead center. It can't close <laughs> because it doesn't have a lid. But it like starts to like tear up and it's like going in all these random directions. And uh, the door slams shut and all the cultists stop uh, chanting at once. And the man goes, no, the slaves down below must be sacrificed now for the spell to work. Chant harder. At this moment, Rocky has a has a realization that uh, Doria is probably a slave. So he wants to kill these guys. Okay. So he's going to pick Poncho up, and he's going to throw him towards the eyeball, knowing he's able to glide. You're going to throw me like a dart? Yes. Worst comes to worst, he knows he can glide there okay. if he falls short. <laughs> but he has wings in case, like, he's going too fast. He can, like, flap them forward okay. and slow himself down. Your plan is marvelous. So you're it's like the worst idea ever. So I'm throwing Hawkeye as a dart right now towards the eyeball. All right. So there is no way to abjugate that. So I'm just going to say it happens. You pick him up and, uh, unless, unless you want to defend. I think it should be forceful and mechanics. I just think it happens unless you try not to. I, I will be very confused. I will say this is like strategy we've <laughs> we've done this out like seven past. times before. Yeah. That's like our thing. Yeah, <laughs> like we we probably we probably done combat <laughs> testing in the past. And 
You have wings. Why not utilize that? Okay, so you pick him up and throw him, and like, he starts flying across the room, opens up his wings, and begins to glide. With we, his fist first with start. whatever <laughs> weapon of choice he has out forward. Bird man! <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're going to roll into an initiative, but I'm going to assume to say that you guys have initiative because you are surprise attacking them. So you have I'm going for the eye. eight cultists, a giant eye, an alkylate, <laughs> And now that you're in the room, you see that there is actually a, another guy that was sort of hidden out of view that it looks like one of the Axemen from before. So there's actually ten orcs plus one eyeball. Awesome plan. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So, Rocky, what would you like to do first? I uh, am gliding. Poncho. Poncho, sorry. I'm going to glide straight to the eye and poke it. Okay, so you're attacking the giant eye. Yes. All right, go ahead and roll your attack roll against the eye. Will that be sneak and combat or sneak and athletics? I will say it's quick combat rather than sneaky because you're not sneaking anymore. It, you're flying right an eyeball. It sees you coming. Quick and athletics? Yes. No, no, combat because you're attacking. Can I use athletics so I can grab <laughs> the eye? No. <laughs> I say if you're attacking, it's combat. You chose not to have a high combat character. Now you got to deal with it. You rolled three. decently. Total of three. A three. Uh, I wasn't expecting to be thrown like a dart. Well, That's the problem. Well, <laughs> that happens sometimes when you're with Rocky. You're so forceful, you force other people to fight for you. <laughs> you didn't take any stress last combat. Now you will. Okay. Um, so you... Well, actually, I guess technically i got to roll the de defense. I don't really know how that works because this is something that it's really difficult to translate into fate. Um, but I rolled a negative four, so I wanted to say that you hit it. <laughs> with a three? With a three. With a lot? So does that mean I hit it when with style times two? Wait, three? a negative four? That's like a seven hit. That's like instant death. No, well, that, that's, um, that's with style. So that means you get a free boost or invoke that you can use next turn. So basically, you get to create a aspect that you can invoke next turn for free. Yeah, I'm gonna call it. There's something in my eye. Something in my <laughs> eye. <laughs> that's, that's gonna be the invoke. Okay. So it's it's all red now, and it's like there's just like tears. Um, I feel like so it's a can't really seven see hit though. Uh, <laughs> this thing has some stress. Okay. I it's a it's it's bad. Okay. It's like Wayne Kodak lenses for like seven days yeah. straight. Rock. So, I feel as if there's a ledge here where we're looking down upon Yeah, it's this like group. a five-foot drop down to where everybody's prostrated on the ground. Okay. Has anybody noticed me as I threw Birdman? Yes. Because the, eye? the eyeballs on their backs apparently work, and so the eyeballs are, like, looking at you. But they haven't had a chance to turn around and react, but they are aware that you're there. I want to jump down, like, full hammer, just swing downward on one guy. Okay. You can do so. Would that be a forceful combat? Yes, that would be a forceful combat. Nice. Uh, that would be a five. There is now seven cultists. <laughs> with my negative one. So one guy just goes straight into the ground. Yes. He's his head's still down, and he's you know he's really and these guys he's a believer. Okay, <laughs> he's really into this. So his head's already there, and you just kind of smash it flat like an egg, and. Blood brains goes like out. Like you something. Yoke yeah. flies out. Yoke flies in all directions. However, it is now their turn. So first, the orc woodsman 
is going to come around and attack you with his mighty axe. Does it have things we can invoke? I would not doing that. Um, yeah. Um, so that's again. This is one of the things that I'm just not good at yet. We roll with combat. Well, first of all, so this is gonna be one zone because it's just it's we, we just can help you uh, create. Yeah. The environment that's part of the fun of fate. So I'm gonna say it's dimly lit. Okay. And you can invoke those things to do things. Yep. With it. Um, <clears throat> so this is like situational aspects. These are these are part uh, of the battle. There's the high ground area, which you can almost say that he invoked when he did the attack. Yeah, so high right. ground. It's dimly lit. Uh, I'm going to say that it's uh, the, uh, bad footing. Nah, because they've been here for a long time, so they would know that. Um, this, yeah, this it's is the a part cave, this is so the there's not a lot of things there. It's not like an inn. That yeah, this is the part that I'm not really good at. So so you might be able to invoke dimly lit or high, higher ground if it becomes applicable to you. Okay, so yes. Well, you we can introduce it in things like set things on fire. So you, you would defend with um, combat, and you get your plus two since this is a melee attack. Okay, so plus four total, which... Plus four. Four. Okay, and I got a six. So I take two stress. You take two stress. Son of a bitch. And now the um, alkalite is going to sort of say some words, and the eyeball is going to turn on you, and actually a light is going to come out of the eyeball itself, the giant eyeball, and attack you very similar to what the thing did earlier. Can I invoke it? I have something in my eye to give him a negative? Yes, you can. That's what I'm going to do. And I will quickly, quickly try to dodge out of the way with athletics. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. One. Five. Five. Okay. <laughs> so this super beam of energy, similar to the one that happened before, lances out at you, completely misses, comes across, hits the wall over near where you're at, blows like chunks of rock everywhere. So now there's a situational aspect of rubble on the ground. All right. Now the mob. So there's three left in your group. They're all three going to gang up on you. Oh, thank and God. And there is a gang up bonus. They each get plus one. I was hoping there was. I mean, I didn't know if there was, but I was hoping for a gang up bonus. There was. So they got a total of four. Against my combat. Yeah. You're, uh, well, because you get both of them, so you would have... Oh, I got combat and the yeah, defense. Yeah, so it's either be forceful, like where you just take it, or quick where you're trying to dodge. I'd rather take forceful. Okay. Because I just take it. So then you're just trying to absorb it with your body. So and it's all melee, right? Yeah. Okay. I uh, got a four, six. Four, okay. So you actually got so high that you were able to sort of like defend with like an elbow and hit one of them and knock him unconscious. Okay. So you actually knocked one of them out. And it's three of them attacking me. Yes. Yeah, so and I knocked one of them out. Yes. So now there's two. However, there are four that are attacking you, so it's a plus three gang up bonus. That's what you get for being a human dart or oh, an eagle dart. But it's four, so I got a two. I got a two as well. Okay, so they succeed with a minor cost. So I want to say that they do one stress. Uh, fate. So then you just add plus two, so they missed, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, it is I now. Roll out of the way, getting closer to the eye. So it's now your turn. So you got a giant eyeball, an alkylate, and four. Mooks. I want to stab the eyeball straight at the little iris part. Okay. So that'd be an attack roll. Was that going to be quick in combat? Yes. Zero. All right. 
the eyeball is able to uh, re-roll. Well, am I supposed to re-roll before you tell me the result? Because no, it I almost seems like I'm cheating. No, right? I think you're allowed to check and then re-roll and hope I don't die. No. Okay, so <laughs> slightly better. Yeah, Probably that big eye is so big it's hard to like stop it. Yeah, you uh the alkaline actually is able to sort of get in your way so that you're not able to get a clean attack and you 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 hit it but it's effectually a mess. Rocky, you have two mooks and then uh woodsman around you. Am I able to attack two people at once in this system? Because I feel like if I swing my hammer, I'm kind of aiming for t- a minimum of two. No, you you can't do that specifically. But with mooks specifically, they they work on what's called a mob rule. So like if you do enough damage, you can take out multiple mobs. Like if you attacked eight mob mobs and like eight people in a mob, and you actually did eight damage, you take out all eight of them. Okay. So if you attack the mooks and you ha- you get high enough, you could technically take out both of them, but you can't attack two different things. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, that's fine. I'll just attack one of the mooks. Yeah, mooks, minions, mob, whatever they With can. forceful combat with my awesome Thor hammer. Okay, you actually can use your plus two because this is the your first attack after being attacked. This is true. This is my uh, counterattack, counter my retaliation. Attack. Yep. So you can I, use I will stuff. use that. Okay. Which I need it desperately. Um, that takes out that. I get a plus three. Plus three, that is enough for two. So you can actually take out both of the remaining mooks. Okay. So you only have the woodsman left. Alrighty. Uh, it's there. So I, I got a twofer right there. You got a twofer. <laughs> so the orcsman is going to attack you. E4 minus two, two. And it's against melee. Combat? Yeah, so it'd be forceful combat or quick combat. I can go with forceful combat. Okay. Which is four. Okay, so you were able to absorb that. All right, so the eyeball is going to go at you first. Does it blink at you? Three. Oh, two. Okay, you actually take three stress. It has a plus two to its stress when it hits you. So it hits you with a beam and you just full blast. Feathers start flying off your back. <laughs> You uh, feel okay. I mean, I've erased and put stress in every box now, and yours look really clean. Oh, well, I'm using a pen, but yeah, they'll still <laughs> remain clean. All right, and then the mooks are going to attack you. Uh, I rolled a negative four, but they get a gang up bonus of three plus one, so that's a zero. And I get it two. Two. Okay, you successfully evade the mooks. All right, it is now your turn. So you have four mooks and an eyeball. And the. Alkalite. Alkalite. But so far, all he's basically activating the eye, so it's almost like they're together. All right. So what I want to do is I would like to create an advantage by grabbing the Alkalite by the uh, hem of his robe, and I want the Alkalite to be, be between the eye and myself, and hopefully, ideally, the mooks. Okay. Like, I want him to be the shield against the eye and the okay. mooks, if I can do that. So you're going to create an a, a aspect of human shield. Yes. Okay. And I will do that quickly and athletically, um, which will be a three. Okay. Um, I got a three as well, so it's a tie, so you can succeed, but you have to have a cost. What 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 happened badly in that situation to give you that advantage? I, uh, the key is between me and the eye. However, I am 
between the acolyte and the mooks. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm like, kind of like, I'm almost like not facing them, but I'm like. So silent. you get an advantage against the eye, but you actually get a penalty against the mooks. Yeah. Okay. That works. All right, Rocky. So you have one woodsman. Orcs. One woodsman. Yep. I just like want to take my one open hand and just take this woodsman's face and just shove it to the ground and hopefully it splatters. Okay. Violently with a forceful combat. Forceful combat. He will quickly dodge. Five. I got a five as well. Okay. I got a four. Okay. So you succeed. Um, so you do one stress. However, this guy's not a mook, so one stress does not take him out. So he got he got a little concussed. Yeah, he's he's not feeling too good at the moment. Okay. All right. So now he's going to try to attack you uh, with a five. With a forceful combat. Yeah. I got a five as well. Okay. So I'm going to say he succeeds. He does one stress, but his axe chips on you, and he's going to. Basically, he's going to take a negative one for the rest of the battle because of his axe is now damaged. Okay. So damaged weapon it would be his uh, aspect. That that sounds reasonable. Okay. Considering I may have rock. So the mooks are going to attack you. The eyeball is just not going to even attack you this turn because the alkalite can't act activate it. So I'm going to give them a plus one. Uh, so that's I four, five. five, six. Oh, I got a five. So you take one stress. And since I've already... Oh, no. You used the three, so you should so have I your two box left. Yeah. All right, it is now your turn. It's really weird. What, the stress? Yeah, the one, two, and three, and then, like... I mean, you can be forced to use the three for one damage. It's just... Or that's know. when you are decide to take a consequence. You can play around with that. If you, get, if you have stress... Let's say you have stress one and two, and three is empty... You get one stress. You might want to say, "I'll just take a mother to consequence instead." Yeah, that yeah. that's true as well. It's just, I don't know. It kind of feels weird that like you're taking more damage than necessary, but at the same time, you do get the advantage of playing around with how your damage gets taken. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. Like right, the first time you get hit, it doesn't mess you up, but the fifth time you get hit on the head, you have yeah, more problems. Yeah, it adds up. Um, That's true, I guess. Or you can have a bloody nose, which will be a consequence, but you're not, like, really dizzy because that hasn't hit it yet. Um, I don't know what I want to do because that eye scares me a lot. <laughs> I want to actually try to stab the acolyte on the temple. Okay. Because if he's dead, the eye probably won't be able to do stuff to me. Okay. And I'm right there. So that would be quick combat. I'm guessing, and I got a zero. Okay, I got a negative one. Ha ha! Nobody expected that. <laughs> so he takes one stress, but he's on a mook, so that does not take him out. All right, Rocky. This last guy is on the ground, I say, because I took his face well, and no, smashed he, it on the ground. He was able to get back. After you did that, he was able to throw you off, and that's when he attacked with his weapon and chipped it. So he's standing up next to you now. Damn it, I wanted to curb stomp him. Yeah. Okay. You could try to create an advantage and make him go prone, which then you'd be able to do that next turn. No. I just want to take my hand and put on his face and do it again. Thrust it to the ground again. Okay. So he will defend. Ew. Four minus one. I got a three. Why re-roll? That was really bad. Okay. That's Much really better. good. Six. As a six. 
Okay, I got a three. That's three stress. So that's his three stress box. He's still up. Well, shouldn't he be prone? Because I took his face to the ground. That, it doesn't actually work that way. I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. Um, well, you know, you actually, you succeeded with style because you did three. Mm -hmm. So you can create an advantage and say that he's prone. So yeah, so he okay. would be prone. So on your next turn, you would get a plus two that you could, because he is prone, either he would have to take a negative to attack you or you get a bonus when you attack. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why I like to say so okay. you can invoke it when it's your yeah, turn. Yeah, you can invoke it when it's your turn. So, okay. all right, the Alkalite's just going to try to break free from you. So that will be a sneaky athletics. And for me, what would that be? Uh, forceful athletics? Probably forceful athletics. Three. I got a one. Okay. So actually, since you, well, you didn't see who was style. Okay. And then the four mooks are going to attack with a plus three. I got a five. Uh, it's not high enough. I got a four. Four. Okay. So you take one more stress. So that should be all your stress boxes, unless you want to take a consequence. Nope. Okay. All right. It is now your turn. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm going to try to continue stopping the acolyte until he doesn't okay. move. <laughs> Completely neutral. One. I got a one. So you can succeed with a minor cost. Um, my minor cost is going to be my dagger gets stuck on his. Is he dying? No. Cause that's, oh. So that's uh, one stress that takes up his two box. So he still has his three box left. He's a character like you guys are. Okay, so I guess my minor cost is going to be I'm it's going I'm going to be the eye will be behind me and he's going to be in front of me. So I'm so you kind of like yeah, like I I I was like trying to like keep him there so the eye wouldn't attack me, but now I'm like in the okay. So you kind of switch positions, but now you're next to the eye, not next to the mooks, which actually might work out in your your favor. Okay, Rocky, you still have the sky next to you, and I get plus two because he's prone. Yep, I'm going to curb stomp him with my hammer. Okay. That's not curb stomping. That's curb smashing. Talk, talk to my hammer, and it'll tell you if it's curb stomping or curb smashing. <laughs> Is your hammer in the shape of a boot? <laughs> my hammer decides all. Five. So, you got five. four, five, seven. Okay. He concedes. He basically gets knocked unconscious. He doesn't go splatter? Yeah. He doesn't think the way D&D &D works, he probably should be dead. The way fate works, he should be unconscious. So, we'll say he's dead. Okay. I feel like he got splattered. Okay. I think I actually messed up, and he didn't go when he should have, but that's okay. But we'll start back. So the Alkalite's going to try to blast you with the eye. Four, three. Dodge. And unfortunately, I get a three as well. Okay. So that's going to succeed. So his minor cost is that he's also going to hit the Alkalite. So he takes three stress, which takes the Alkalite out and gives you a moderate consequence because you have no stress left. That's a pretty cool minor consequence. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Like, as a DM perspective, like, to attack your own enemies. It just made sense that, you know, he was yeah. there and I had to take the consequence. No, that, that's really cool. I like that. Okay, so what is your consequence? You, you had to take a moderate one because it was three. So it would be higher than your minor. So that's be a moderate consequence. I was thinking sunburn, but sunburn is a mild. I don't think it's a moderate how about you're blinded? The light goes in your eyes and you're blinded for the rest of the battle. Ooh. What is that, like a negative two to attack? Isn't that severe? I, I'm going to say that's because it's not permanent. I'll give you a fate point for it because it is. All right. 
It's a shiny object. I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how that, how that works, but that seems like a fair thing to me. It would be like a flashback. Maybe I'm like yeah, blinded for a few rounds or something. More than likely, this combat will be over yeah. soon, so it'll it's as if it's the whole round. Okay, so there's now back to your was well, actually your turn, but you're blinded. So what Kay. would you like to do? So we'll give you a negative. The last thing I saw was the acolyte still standing. He fell. Like you heard, you heard him thump, but you don't know if he's completely out or not. I want to try to create an advantage by creating distance between me and them. That doesn't make sense. I my action will be I want to. You can go run. full defense. There's actually a defense action which just gives you a plus two to your defenses. No, I don't want to just be sitting there getting hit. Okay. I want to basically run in the straight line you, away from the mooks. You could jump because you're actually up on a platform and just try to glide away how, blindly. How high is the... It's five feet, so you could glide uh, ten, ten feet, feet away. Yeah, I'll try that. Crash into the ground. Catch me! I'll be like... I'll be like dancing. Yeah, I'll be like, help, Rocky! <laughs> All right, so you turn around to see... Birdman flying at you, and his, his eyes are closed, and it looks like he's just. <laughs> All right. He hits the ground. There's four mooks up uh, in front of you. There's four mooks and eyeball. Eyeball. Um, it, it seems to be looking around, but from what you understand, it doesn't do anything unless the alkalite controls it. So it's effectively neutralized. I almost feel like, as my character would think, the opposite. Okay. That's perfectly <laughs> The eyeball controls them. Okay. So you're going to attack the eyeball? I would like to do a lumping or jumping leap attack okay. against the eyeball. Okay. So that's going to be a flashy combat. That'll be flashy combat? Yeah. Some bitch. But okay. I agree. I don't disagree, but some bitch because <laughs> it's not the best. Uh, it'll be a one. <laughs> I got a negative two. So that's, that is a success with style. So you do three stress and you get a plus two invoke, which can also be, there's something in your eye on your next attack. Or you can take a negative two on its next attack. However, the mooks are now going to attack you since you just happened to show up. So they get a plus three, which is a little plus four, plus five, minus two, three. A three against my forceful combat? Yes. Why did they get a minus two? Because I rolled over here. Oh. That's just the way I do it. I, I know what their pluses are. I add all the pluses and I add all the negatives. They got a plus three? Yeah. I got a plus four <laughs> with a point to okay. spend. So you, succeed, you succeeded, nothing happened. Yeah, I have no more points, okay. by the way. So you were on the ground. You basically crashed into the ground, but it didn't do anything else to you. So you're kind of... You ran into like a body. There's like a orc mush body that you landed into. I'll stop it. But you're still okay. So you're just blindly stabbing at these bodies. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Looking at the eye, does it look really damaged or hurt? Yes, it's looking pretty messed up. As much as a giant eyeball floating in the air can. I I want to baseball bat it with my hammer. Okay. And hope that I'm right that the eyeball's controlling the orcs and not the other way around. Okay. With a four. With forceful combat. Four. That's going to do it since I rolled a negative. All right. So the eyeball pops like a water balloon and you're just covered in this like. I'm kind of happy because that's what I was expecting for like six turns ago. 
<laughs> so I'm kind of happy that popped like a balloon. Okay. And then when it pops, instantly the mooks sort of like, uh, they're, they're, they shake their heads like, what? What, what are, where, what's going on? Where are we? Uh, and they sort of come out of a daze and they appear to no longer see. be a, a threat. And a couple minutes later, your eyes start to adjust and you you can see dimly shapes, but you can tell that you're no longer in danger. I hate eyes. Rocky, are we okay? Cultists sort of come out of a daze. As best you can tell, they were under some sort of enchantment thrall. They, uh, they still don't like you, and they're still not nice people, but they would not have uh, agreed to do anything sort of evil. They don't know where Dory is at. They don't know how to open this door. Straight out of combat, I'm going to use forceful socialization and ask them where Dory is at, even though they straight lied to my face. But, like, I still have that rage factor because okay. I just killed a couple of them. And I want to use forceful socialize, which I get a plus two because it's intimidation, essentially. Okay. And I'm just like, screw you guys. I'm mad. Where's she at? And I get a five. Okay. They are terrified, but they really don't know. They They don't know where she's at. Okay. Well, what the slaves? They're talking about the slaves. Yeah, they they don't remember that whatever effect they were under, it's clouded their memory. There's not a door here. It's just there. There was a magic door, but it closed when you yeah, attacked. Yeah, I, I realized. Yeah. Um, so else? after a few moments, you guys would would uh, wake up the alkali because he wasn't dead; he was just unconscious. And you can force him to reopen the door, which will lead you down into the vaults of Kyber, which is the Underdark. Uh, and after some adventures down there as well. You were able to free Doria and several other human slaves that were taken from those other homes. And Let me correct your story. We won't go through the door until we get the shiny thing upstairs. Okay. Then <laughs> we'll go through the so door. So you go get the shiny thing while you're... <laughs> while I'm freeing Doria. Yeah, freeing Doria. That's why it takes longer. <laughs> and we're on a yell for help basis here. Yeah. So you come back up. And you're like, hey, where were you? And he's like covered in like jewels. And he's got like a crown. <laughs> like, oh, I was right behind you the whole time. I was behind you the whole time. Yeah. I got, well, you I, did that thing with the hammer and the guy. That was awesome. And I, I, got, I totally I, saw that. I got attacked. And that, he, he shed his jewels on me as I, as I beat him to death. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, an amazing situation. Okay. I so, rolled really high. That's what I'm saying. So the main boss was actually Taurus, the, uh, the original guy. Taurus or whatever. His name was Torresh. The eyeball. No, uh, the the orc that you met at the beginning, yeah. the Reeve. He was actually the main bad guy. Oh, okay. So we, ah, we're about is. two thirds of the way through. There's actually a couple more encounters, but it's almost ten. So I'm gonna go ahead and call it here. Uh, so once you open up the vault to, to Kyber, you would go down there, and there was another fight where you actually freed the slaves, and they were about to be um, killed. Killed, and basically their souls were about to be infused into something or another. I don't know. Yeah, they were some bad. Yeah, bad, yeah, bad, bad stuff. And that was the rather abrupt ending to the episode or to the session. We we didn't feel like we were ever going to come back and complete it, so we just kind of let it die there about two-thirds, maybe three-fourths of the way through that module. Um, what follows after this is two short conversations where we kind of recap the game. The first one happened in the middle when we took a break, so it's just between Nico and I, and then the, there'll be a short pause, and then a conversation between Travis, Nico, and I about sort of overall feelings of the game. 
So enjoy, and uh, we will be back with another Fate episode hopefully soon with the full group. Okay, so your first game of Real Fate. He and I have played around with Fate a little bit. You hadn't. So what were your yeah. initial thoughts about Fate? Uh, I mean, I liked it. It gave me a fair amount of freedom. It let me play my characters, I felt, which is... Although, I don't know. I relied on forceful combat a lot for my character, which maybe it fit him or not. But I feel like I relied on it too much just because statistically game it was boost. best yeah yeah um i don't know i it was good though because even though i relied on forceful combat i got to add a lot of uh flavor i mean such as like jumping off a cliff and like head smashing one of the guys with a hammer or i mean like you said attacking two people with one attack which i didn't know was possible i really liked it that though I didn't have to attack just one person. I could attack a mob. Because they were kind of ganging up on me. And I'd like... Because I want to swing my hammer. as kind of like a warrior character. And attack more than just one person. And it was kind of nice taking down two people at once. So how would you compare? Because I don't know that Fate is actually really good at simulating a D&D type game. It, it's a fantasy game. But not necessarily D&D. So I've, I I kind of feel like it would have been better suited to do something more like the supernatural. I think I think that's like a perfect uh, yeah. genre for this type of game. Well, you I th I think the problem is once we play D and D type games, we automatically go to D and D mode. So we automatically have to have the multiple fights, which exist because they used to give you XP every combat. So you need to have fights to create something. I will agree with you. I don't think this game is extremely battle oriented i think it's a lot more i i in D, &D the battle <laughs> is like a core part of the game is this in in fate it seems like a battle is like an aspect of the game but it's not the game um well and I, again the, the, and the, i was trying to make things up on the fly i'm not, not trying to necessarily make excuses but this was a 4e module right. so their combat was very heavy but what i was thinking might actually happen is when the, the door was opening, I wanted you to like float over and just go into the doorway and like no one even know that you did that. No, I, I, I thought about it. My, I thought that it was probably the gates of hell and like the totally evil... I, I, in my out of character, I felt like they were summoning uh, Bile... Balashir or whatever. Balashir, and the, his eye was there. And he was about to come out, so I wasn't going to fly gotcha. in there. And he, obviously, it made sense. I knew it was just further into the dungeon. But right, yeah. for me, I was like, I thought they were opening the gates of hell, basically. Yeah. But um, I think freedom is a very good word. In D and D, I'm always like, well, like even my, with my paladin, I'm like, okay, if I attack with my maul, it's one d twelve. But if I have my shield and my warhammer, it's one d eight. But my AC is higher. So I, I ask myself, like, strategically, what's the best? Am I more afraid of being hurt, or do I want to kill things right. faster? Here, I, I, it was like a... It didn't matter if I had a sling, a dagger, or a rock. I could be creative because I was not bound by... Right. What I think I that, that is the number one thing about Fate that I like, is that it allows you to play the character you want to play. Yes. So, like, in D&D... Sometimes you just think, well, okay, at next level I can multi-class, and then I will be this thing that I'm thinking of. Or once I get this magic item that does this thing for me, then I will be this character I'm thinking of. Where Fate, you start off being Doing the thing what you that want you want to, want to be. Right. And I, to me, that is by far 
the number one selling point is whatever you want to be, that's what you are. You're right. Because a lot of times with D&D, like you make a character and you're like, okay, by level 12, I'll be able to do it. Especially in 4E, yeah. it was literally like, by level 12, I'll have everything I need. As long as Mike gives me this magical item, it will work perfectly. Yep. With this, I was like, what do I want to play? It was a little bit hard playing a character that wasn't combat heavy. Yeah. My dodge ended up being high because I had a quickness of one and athletics of two. So I used that and this is why I didn't get hurt a lot. But killing things, it was really hard because I had quick of one and combat of zero. Yeah. See, so, I think you, even in a bigger party, like if there were four or five of you, yeah, because, you could have been sneaking around more. Exactly. Because there was two of us. Yeah. Yeah, with two, it's kind of It was like... Yeah. Though you were pretty bad at... And again, I have no I think, idea how balanced I, I, those I, I combats think, were. I, I was just making shit up. I think his plus two to melee for a D&D game was too high. I think that stun needs to be either limited by... It only works when two or more people are hitting him or one-on-one or something. Or it would take fate points or something. Because basically, except for magical attacks, you always got a plus two, which is hardcore. Yeah. So yeah. it's like that. It seems to me that was too powerful. It probably wasn't But I think my stunts were too not powerful enough because I used glide. Well, yeah. And the only time I actually no, I use my plus two parkour stuff to get an the, advantage. The stuff that this this module was doing was very combat oriented. He's a combat character, so it worked so, out right. Yeah, you're you're basically playing the Jared character in the game that that, that you ran. You are not designed for what we did tonight. No, no I know, I know. I, so I'm not upset. I, I think it yeah. was cool because I, I, for my for me, my favorite scene was when I could use my parkour stuff in the cave to go behind that wizard. Yeah. For me, that's like I think that's come how I envision my character. And in retrospect, if I had to remember about creating advantage, I would have hit him on the knee so he can fall, so that he can take him out. Like that's how I've been like awesome. Like yeah. I do a parkour like tumble, and then when I'm behind him, I like, hit him on the knee, and then you take him out by like baseball yeah. batting him in the face. But in any case, um, I had a lot of fun. I think uh, the this game went a lot smoother than the bar fight game. Yeah. But I think that's also one you have a little bit more experience playing. I think which has helped you yes, out a lot, and a little bit more experience reading stuff. And also there was less players, so it was a little bit simple, yeah, simpler. And well, um, I, I feel like the the thing about that bar scene, you weren't here for that. We did we did like a one bar fight scene one time with Nick when we didn't have a full group either. And this is when we first started reading it, and I didn't think it went very well at all. But to your point, I didn't I didn't know as much that I do now about playing it. But I, I, the biggest thing is that there different. was no story, and I think this game right, is a thing. story game. Like, it's, if you just wanted to do a combat, this game is not designed for that. Yeah. Uh, so and it was actually easier to give you a story, and then things were easier because you were reacting to stuff. That that's what I felt about that game. That because we didn't have a purpose, it was hard to kind of like act. Yeah. In this, it kind of made sense. You had no motivation. It's like we were play- we were in a movie. I'm like, okay, you guys are in a bar. Go. I think the only what, what character am I? What's you know, like? There was no I, setting to it, and it just didn't work out very well. Right. I think the only time in this game that I felt that I was like, well, out of character and in character, I'm a little bit torn. Was we almost did not engage the fight. We almost said, eh, she's not here. <laughs> Let's just go and do our thing. Yeah. Which. In, in, character, in, I was totally okay with that. In, in D&D, because like, you have alignments, you feel more... I'm surprised you didn't play the... Because you're a noble character, you want to save the world. Well, the, you can't play that, but you've played it before, so maybe it was like playing it too much. But um, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, like, I think one of the reasons why I, I, I end up engaging by using my sling, because I was like, well, obviously, this is where the plot is going. So if we leave, there's still yeah. things you could do, but obviously, we're, like, ign- totally ignoring right. the plot but, point. But again, if that's what you wanted to do, I mean... I think if this wasn't a pre-generated adventure, I would have done it. I would have left. But I, because I know you, as, as a DM, will have either done something to force us to continue going that path that you wanted us, or be like, okay, and then there will be consequences for our actions. Yeah. But with written adventures, they usually is like a main path, and they have some side paths that are supposed to like link you back up, but I didn't know yeah. how it's going to affect I mean, in, in, this is a, also, even for fourth edition, it's an introductory module, so it's very straight. I mean, there's there's yeah. no branching path. It's passages. a dungeon crawl, basically. Yes, it's a dungeon crawl. It's a dungeon crawl with a, with a preset, front. yeah. But yeah, I'm still a fan of Fate. I just, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know I think probably because there's so much D&D in my history that it's hard for me to separate it. Which it was, is why I think it might be, I, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I think it might be a good reason to not play medieval fantasy when we play this. I think I agree. So it can allow us to uh, disengage from that mindset. Because when you're in the D&D universe, you automatically have D&D plots, right. D&D ideas. Like, it's, I think it's almost natural. Which I like. Medieval fantasy, that's why I play it so much. So I eventually would want to play it. But, but maybe this would be like a ver- this phase two. Yes. After we get comfortable with the system, then we can go back. Because I think the aspects that I made for this character were better than the aspects that I made for my first character for that bar scene. And I could make them even better, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think the more characters you make, the easier it would be. Because it definitely of. feels like in the book, I'm sorry, this is my last comment. It definitely feels like in the book, what makes the characters in the book so good and fun to read about is because their aspects and the way the scenes get introduced, the aspects of the environment are also good. They're yeah. very good. So, so you're like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, if you, read, you haven't like, got the book yet, you should. It's, you can buy so it for you can download one it. cent. It's, what, what book is this? this? Actually, this one is 250 or free and this one's Twenty dollars for free? Yeah. The if you buy the, if you buy the, the metal one. Yeah. If you buy the PDF, it's you can buy for however much you want to pay. Including nothing. If you buy the book you get itself, the PDF. you get the PDF for free. Right. So technically I can give you the PDF if you really want to, but I think these guys are not the main company, so they're not making that much money. And just reading the book was awesome. So it was, in my opinion, because I, I own the book, it was well worth the money. But yeah, because I think if you guys had read it, because I'm sure, again, I guarantee you, if I didn't post in this, the people that are listening right now, I'm sure I did things wrong. Yeah, a lot of things wrong, probably. <laughs> but it wasn't intentional. It's was just like I'm trying to remember and I'm trying to make things up on the fly. And then plus we're using yeah. this A and A sort of hack, so that's not exactly the way it's supposed to work, anyways. But I like the I like the fact that you play what you want to play, and I like that you're not penalized for doing interesting things. Because whether you attack with your hammer or you throw a rock, you both roll the same rolls, and if you get yeah. high, the both the same things happen. There isn't any oh well, I shouldn't do that cool thing because it's not as effective. So you're not always just just attacking with your hammer. Here's the thing, like as as a first time player, of the fate system more or less, like. I completely felt unrestricted by the rules. Like, he he threw a rock, and he didn't get penalized. Even though I used my hammer throughout the portion of this game, like, that's what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't feel like I would have uh, a better advantage of doing something else or have a negative advantage of doing something else. It's just that I wanted to use my hammer and cave people's heads in. And that's what I wanted to do as a right. character. And I... 
I got rewarded because I did successfully. So it was nice being able to do what I want when I want and not based on stats of like 1d6 or 1d8 of yeah. damage. Yeah. Oh, I spent my daily. I can't do this again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I got to do what I want. I mean, even though maybe to the users it sounded like I just did my hammer the whole time. Like, that's what I want. I want to cave people's heads in. Yeah. And I think that's something that, which I, I also don't, I mean, yeah, I love D&D, but one of the things I don't like is that you get that situation where everybody wants to use a katana because it does more damage, even though it's just a version of a longsword. And I get, you know, there's that simulationist version where a katana is a better weapon. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to have my character that I envision a certain way have to use a weapon that doesn't make sense because it's a... It's kind of like rogues. You're better using a rapier than a longsword because it's dex-based. Yes. Well, by the way, you did use your hammer a lot. But you also did things like, I want to grab this guy by the face and hit him on the ground. That, that's so true. you were, even though it might feel like you used your hammer a lot, you, you did, because like, in D&D, that would be like, oh, that's grapple. That, that <laughs> oh, my even, God, that would be That ridiculous. won't even do damage. That yeah. won't even do damage. You're just going to grapple him. But you were able to do something. Now, it didn't kill him, but if you were attacking with a hammer, you will have done the same exact damage. Right. That's the that there is no statistical advantage to using your hammer or doing yeah. the interesting thing. They both have the same game effect. And I think... Yeah. The and cool that's not realistic, but again, this is like the TV version. Yeah. The, yeah. This is like... I really felt like my character was like rocky, crumbly, crusted fingers grabbing this goblin or orc by the face and just shoving him down into the earth. And I think... And that made me happy that I could do <laughs> that. No, exactly. See, you, 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 yeah, you, you, derive en you derive enjoyment from what you're doing. And what's, what I think what was awesome about that scene is, initially, like, I want to, like, push him and have him on the ground. And you're like, well, you can't really do that. But because he's succeeded with style, he was able to do what he initially wanted to do right. through the rules. And I, I did like uh, when you tie, you can still do it, but there's a little bit of a uh, cost. Like, yeah. I, like, you brought up, but I really did think that was a cool thing to have the eyeball shoot the, the ally, too. Because yeah. it just made sense in the moment, and it was cinematic. And I could, in my head, I saw that, you know, yeah. bright light and the silhouette flash and yeah. knocked him out. And, I, again, those are, those are things that I don't know that would happen in a D&D &D game. It seems like, a, like almost like a quick, frustrated move. Like, I want to do this, but you didn't quite think about it when you tie. So, like... Uh, but yeah, like a minor negative happens. Like you hit this guy, but the hit your ally gets damaged as well. And I uh, think that's. Really I also possible. I also like how you when you roll, you don't know that you're gonna get a tie. So when you do get a tie, you literally have to be like, okay, crap. What do I want to sacrifice to make this work? I kind of like that idea. Because it's like, that's, what, that's kind of what happens in real life, in, in instant moments. But I think also it puts a lot of, uh, that puts a lot of uh, power on the DM as well, which I believe Mike handled the situation well. But, I mean, if you're in DM where you're constantly arguing every action that the players want to take, then it can be difficult. Yeah. Like, you know, like your action is like, I want to do something with a minor uh, consequence. And then you got to constantly argue that back and forth, and you're doing that with almost every role. It can be difficult. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about D&D &D that, that is good is that there are a lot of rules, so it helps keep you from a bad DM because you kind of yeah. have the rules as a buffer. Like, well, the beholder shows up and kills you all. Well, that, that, you know, then you're like, as a player, you go, that's not how that works. This game, 
it, you have to have that trust because there are so few rules mm -hmm. that stuff does just happen. The DM just says, okay, the spaceship lands on you. And if you're not okay with that happening, <laughs> then you're probably, that's not the game yeah. you want to be in. Yeah. I mean, you got to trust the DM and yeah, the DM has to make well, it. Also, it feels like you have more part in this game though. As a you player, didn't, we, didn't, we, we didn't get into that a lot because of the, because we were uh, following the module. But one of the things that he brought up that I don't know that made a lot of sense um, is that when you create aspects, you sort of create the world. Like you fill in blanks that I didn't necessarily think of. I, so like when we went to that cave, you could have said, well, can there be this over here? Yeah, okay, we, there's that now. I think, the only, I think the only difficulty in that scene specifically is because it's a cave and it's like automatically I think of like a barn, like there's not a lot of things there. It was hard to create aspects. Well, in the bar scene, it was a lot easier. Um, so that's part of the game is that you guys help create. Like the example they give is you're fighting like inside of a warehouse. And like one player says, well, I bet I think there's a bunch of crates over here where they just got a shipment. Okay, so now there's crates. Well, I think there's a catwalk. So now we create like so as a group, we all sort of group think what the battle scene looks like, and then we fight. So it's not like a tradition. And if you use them, you can get advantage or disadvantages. I did like how when the eye hit the wall, you created an aspect out of it, which was the rubble on the, rubble ground. On the ground. I thought that was cool, because now I introduced a new element. That can be used, which we didn't end up using. Didn't end up using, it, but, but yeah. it was there. So I like. I mean, I don't know if you originally planned this or not, but I thought of ourselves as like higher up in elevation than these people that you, were you down were, below. You us. were five feet up, and they also were kneeling, so you were actually you were probably closer to like nine feet above yeah. them. I thought of them. I thought of us as being like on ten, fifteen foot cliff, and us jumping down. And I don't know if you originally thought that, but that's how I did, and you allowed us. <laughs> or you allowed me at least to interact with that, with like coming down with a down strike of a hand. Yeah, oh, like yeah. in my mind, because there was like a five foot dip. If they're on their knees down, so they're like three feet yeah. off the ground. You're six feet tall, so you were about, and especially if you jumped, you yeah. were about ten, eleven feet above them. So it just it made sense cinematically yeah. that that would happen. Well, that's just another thing of like, I mean, just the users being able to create their environments no. that I really enjoyed. So like, what's, what sort of genre do you think this would best fit? Like, I actually think, I know you're not a fan of it, but I think like a Western game. I think this would be like awesome for like a Wild <laughs> West, shoot 'em up. Um, the, the thing that we played in with my friends online, again, that was like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We were fighting monsters, and we were like, I was like a teenager with a girlfriend. And like one of my aspects was that I, I'm caught between two worlds. So I was trying to sneak, and my girlfriend called me. So I got busted. So I'm like trying to play off what I was doing. Um, so, so I thought that worked I, very I, well. I think contemporary games like present or alternative present, because World of Darkness is supposed to be present time, but with some right. changes. So I think present, present time, you can play it. You could play it medieval, but I think because we play a lot of medieval. Get, and I, to clarify thing. that, if we end up posting this, I don't think the system is bad. I think the baggage that I have right. I makes think we it have hard. Because we played them a lot. I yeah. played D &D so I kind of think I would want to do, I think actually the supernatural, like the TV show would be a great, you guys being monster hunters in current day America, you know, going town to town or maybe having a home base and fighting the monster of the week, I actually think would be a good test. So I'm, I may do that as our test. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. After so, after the one game I played at Gen Con, I could totally see this system uh, being implemented into that. 
Such as, I mean, the game I play where it was like Scooby-Doo and right. teaming up with the Ghostbusters. And it was all kind of craziness, more modern day. Um, I like the fate system a lot more. I, I could, I believe it would work a lot better, like Nico said, more out of the D&D realm. Because in the D&D realm with medieval times, you, you think of D&D rules. And out of that time, you want to like try to expand to other type of rules where it would probably work a little bit better yeah. and I, I think th the fate system would work great there I think so too so I, I may change my mind before then because I don't know when we're going to be able to do it because uh, every time I try to do a Saturday game it just never works so I think is to do two games that week so do like our game on a Tuesday and then fate on Thursday yeah. and then because I want to do like two games in a row because so, if you do the character creation right, it takes a good hour to two hours. Because everyone comes up with the characters, you got to come up with a story. So I don't want to just play for like an hour and a half. Yeah. So I want to be able to have two full games. at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.